Welcome to the Amphibian Press Podcast. I'm V.S. Holmes, and with me today is YA fantasy author R.A. Lewis. And she's the author of The Valdir Chronicles, and I'll just give you a quick glimpse of the first in that series. The dragon riders disappeared the year she was born. Kalina is a nobody, an orphan whose only remarkable trait is the silver hair she is forced to hide. But when she overhears that she might be a child of the Valdir, a silver-haired race of dragon riders that disappeared 16 years ago, she chooses to leave her old life behind and venture into the unknown to discover who she is and where the dragons disappeared to. But someone has been searching for her. In a strange city, searching for answers to her past, Kalina must conquer her own fear, deal with dangers she never anticipated from a crown she never knew existed, and forge friendships with unlikely people to help her find her place in the world. Born of Air is the first book in the Valdir Chronicles. If you loved Aragon, you will love this coming-of-age adventure, and it's available on Amazon.com. So thank you so much for, for joining me today. Yeah, happy to be here. Um, and, and thank you also for, for your flexibility with our, our little technical snafu that I was joking about online earlier. So <laughs> <laughs> It happens to the best of us, honestly. Yes. It's all good. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration behind Born of Air and the rest of the Valdir Chronicles. Well, it all started when um, I was in a writing group with some friends and I couldn't, I was kind of in between projects and I couldn't figure out what the heck I wanted to write. And I turned to my friend and I said, okay, I want you to give me, um, you know, a fantasy writing prompt. And so (laughs) she came back and she was like, all right, I want you to write a short story about a virgin obsessed wyvern <laughs> and I was like <laughs> okay so I I started writing and I was like well virgin obsessed wyvern's a little weird so you know I'm, I ended up modifying a little bit but next thing I knew I was you know 10,000 words deep into this story and I had three three books planned out oh my gosh <laughs> Yes, well then, just a short story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then for for Nano Rymo, a few years later, or a few months later, a few years ago, <laughs> I wrote I wrote the first the first in the series. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, really, I I just love telling stories about people. Well, people mainly females mainly mainly women um finding their place kind of in the world um and finding their power I think Mm -hmm. is is important for me personally I think I I grew up without a lot of power and without feeling like I knew who I was or where I belonged um Mm -hmm. and I think that that's part of why like young adult novels in particular um, call to me the most and right. why that that kind of storyline means so much to me um, as an author and so that was kind of the motivation behind this was finding writing a character who didn't really have her place in the world she didn't really know who she was she was just kind of a she's just kind of a sheltered um, orphan mm-hmm. and then writing the story of her you know, discovering who she is and where she belongs and finding her family and finding her origins and right. really coming into that, that finding out that she's powerful, you know, mm-hmm. that she is not 
helpless, that she's, you know, not some small thing that she's in fact capable of so much. Um, and that's, that's really what this entire series is about. I was talking with another YA author um, somewhat recently on the podcast, and we were discussing how YA is read at, at least equally, I'm, I'm not sure of the stats myself, but um, at least equally um, by adults as it is by you know young adults, and why that is. And I think so many of us you know, we're, we're sort of told that myth that like, oh, when, when, when you grow up, you'll, you'll understand, you know, you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll have some sense yeah. of, of how to do things. And, you know, we, we get to adulthood and realize like, oh, so like no one actually knows what the heck we're doing. Um, what we're doing. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just the, the, the farce. And um, yeah, I think a lot of us then still want those stories because it does take a long time. I mean, I think it takes all of our lives really to figure out who we are and, and our own power. And it's inspiring to read that, even if it is, you know, like a 16 year old figuring it out because really the process is the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the two defining things about, about YA is the age of the characters and mm -hmm. the journey that they go through. And the journey right. is always a journey of self-discovery and the mm -hmm. characters are usually in their teens. Um, right. I mean, I've seen characters up into their early twenties in YA, but I think that, you know, there's that balance between YA and, and NA. Um, right. <laughs> new which, adult, which new still version. isn't a, a genre apparently, according to, <laughs> to some publishers. Yeah. They're, <laughs> yeah, they're still fig figuring that out, but mm -hmm. there's, I, I mean, I, some of my, my biggest fans actually are um, older ladies in their 60s. Mm -hmm. And, I, you know, I have no idea why. <laughs> I couldn't tell you right. why they, uh, <laughs> you know, love my books so much. But then again, when I was growing up, my mother would always ask me, like, well, when are you going to read real books? Mm. I just kind of look at her and be like, what do you mean by real books? And oh she meant, when are you going to read not YA? When are you going to read not fantasy? She wanted me to read, you know, fiction books with her, fiction novels with her. And I just feel like, mm -hmm. that's, that's not my thing. And now I'm in my 30s and I write those books. And guess what? My mother reads them. And she <laughs> loves them. <laughs> and I'm like, well, see, good. you see what you've been missing for all these years? <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean... <laughs> My mom's the same way, and I mean, she she hasn't quite come around yet, um, but she pretty much only reads anything that has hit the mainstream bestseller lists or has won, like... Oh, yeah. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's it's... <laughs> and, like, that's fine. You know, I'm sure those books are wonderful, too. But I remember yeah, her are, like, yeah. saying something about, like, well, maybe I might try and read, you know... Um, like more more trashy fiction, you know, not award winners. And I'm like, there's <laughs> there's a lot going on in that statement, mom. <laughs> and and right? she's, she's starting to now. So but <laughs> I know, right? well, she she worked in in publishing for for years on the magazine side of things. So I think part of it comes oh. from that. And yeah. you know, it's but it's so funny to to talk to her because I'll mention these stories that I'm reading, and she's like, oh, that sounds really interesting. Like who are they? And yeah. then I'll, I'll tell her who the author is. And she's like, well, have, have they won awards? And I'm like, no, that's why you haven't 
heard of them yet. <laughs> but at least, I mean, yeah. at, at least she's she's reading and and you know she's still learning a lot too, which is which is fun. But um, so tell me yeah. a little bit about your your other series because you also have the Elemental Kingdom series, which I think sounds really really interesting. So tell me a little bit about that. So I'm. This is obviously. I mean. I don't want to say obviously, but you know, when, when you're a writer, it, every time you have a new project, you just get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, I'm in the middle of writing, um, the Elemental Kingdom series. And so of course, like, I'm super stoked about it. Um, the first book came out in March of this year. And the second book, I literally finished writing last night at 11 o'clock. Oh my God, congratulations. So, <laughs> That's so exciting. You. So that one is coming out in uh, on June 26th. Um, oh, and then, you know, I'm, I'm diving right into the third one. There's going to be four books in this series. Um, and then there's going to be a companion series. And I just, I have so many plans. <laughs> um, but basically this story is, again, it's another, it's another coming of age story, but it's, it centers on, these two twin protagonists um who um a boy and a girl who have elemental powers um one the the girl is what i call a wind dancer and the the boy is a fire walker um so they have kind of not directly opposing powers but they have you know different powers which is right um strange uh for twins in this world and um, they they were born into a country that has uh, magical slavery, mm-hmm. where people with magic uh, magic is 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 very commonplace, but it's not the majority of the population. The majority of the population either has are are what I call thin bloods, which means they just kind of have a drop of magic, um, mm-hmm. and then there's the rest of the population which is bloodless. They don't have any magical blood in them. Um, and so those of the blood, those who have magic, um, are in their, in this country are enslaved and, um, conscripted into an army. Okay. Um, And basically the, these two main characters, um, are separated as small children. Uh, the, the boy gets, taken by a slaver and mm-hmm. and raised as a slave away from his family away from his sister um and then our our story starts with him uh escaping that slavery and finding his way back to his family and um it just sort of is about again self-discovery because that's what YA is about <laughs> Um, but it's, it's about, it's again, it's about finding your power. It's about, um, you know, that what is family, what defines family for people? Um, because it's, you know, it's different for everybody and it doesn't always mean blood relations. Um, and yet sometimes you're just kind of stuck with the people you're related to and there's nothing you can do about it. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us. Um, Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And then it also kind of, I touch on a, subjects of, of mental health, of trauma, because I mean, being mm-hmm. raised as a slave, imagine what that does to a person, you know? And um, right. I touch on, I touch on addiction, 
um, touch on a couple different issues throughout this story. But, uh, and then the second book follows those same two twin twins, but then a third character. So this story, this story is essentially an ensemble cast. Um, and first book is told from two perspectives. Second book is told from three perspectives. The third book is going to be told from four perspectives. And the fourth book is going to be told probably from five perspectives. So that's cool. <laughs> but all of these, all of these lives are intertwined, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all part of one, one big long, you know, ad, like adventure together. Um, and I think it's been very interesting to write twin main characters who were mm-hmm. raised apart and are very different people. Um, that has been really, I mean, that's been an adventure for me. <laughs> now, I, I assume you're not a twin yourself or? No, no, no. But that concept of family and, you know, right. who's your family and finding your family and just kind of all of that is, is important to me because I am adopted um, okay. and have been on this journey for the last few years of finding my birth family. Um, and kind of redefining what my, my adoptive family means to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that whole, the whole thing. So uh, there, there's definitely a reason for me going down that path with this, yeah. with this book <laughs> or with these books. I find that so. that really interesting. Cause I, I write mostly, um, only children and I myself am an only child and, mm-hmm. I noticed I, I was having a conversation with someone about who, who has many siblings. And um, I noticed that most of her characters have either at least one sibling or multiple siblings. And yep. the only character I've written that ha- that has a sibling, you know, the, the two of them were separated at, at birth. Um, uh-huh. Or at least you know, when, when she was born, because she's younger. And, um, and didn't, you know, grew up not knowing of each other. And I think it goes back to that, like, deep-seated hope that somehow I'd find like this sibling that my parents didn't know I had <laughs> which is you know completely Ill- uh-huh. illogical yeah you know after watching things like like the parent trap and and whatnot um I was like well but 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 maybe though and it it's really right. interesting how even though it's not necessarily logical um you seek out these these roots even if you do have them you know even if you know yeah. of, of of your roots for the most part um, cause you know, my, my yeah. parents were, were married and, and stayed married and everything. So it wasn't like there was some, someone in the woodwork there. And, um, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I think those themes really work with, with YA, but also when you're trying to find out who you are, I think sometimes it's easiest to start with, well, who, Who's your family? who, who did I come from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's actually interesting because I I do have siblings. I have two of them, but mm-hmm. um, my older sibling, I am, um, I spent most of my life apart from him, um, and mm-hmm. he's he's adopted. He's my adopted sibling. Um, right. But we did not. We only grew up the very early part of our childhood together, and then I I grew up as a single child for my from basically age ten on, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, and then I have another sibling. I have a younger sister, but she's 22 years younger than me. Oh, so wow. <laughs> she's, she's essentially a stranger to me in the sense that like, I'm, I'm a full grown adult. 
I don't, you know, I didn't spend, I never spent any time at home with her. I never grew up with her. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when you mentioned that you write siblings, like, uh, that they don't have siblings or they have long lost siblings, Mm -hmm. uh, in, you know, in the Valdir Chronicles, my character doesn't have any siblings. And right. in uh, my my very first book, uh, Secrets and Swords, my character doesn't have any siblings. <laughs> I mostly <laughs> write characters without siblings. And this was my very first foray into what it's like to have a sibling. And it's funny because I'm writing two siblings that did not grow up together. <laughs> and they're, they're coming back together being like, wait, we're related? Not only are we related, we're twins? What? Right. And now they have to kind of figure out what the heck that means, you know, and mm-hmm. what it means to them. And, and like, is this really family? Because I barely right. know you, but yet you're my, it's just, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because there's a huge push for, um, for found families, I think in, in a lot of fiction yeah. now. And yeah. which, which it's, it, it's something that, that I love because I feel like most of my um, sort of, found family you know it's you know friends that I've made and you know I'll I'll call people um yep you know like oh well my my sister oh my my brother but they're not you know by blood or anything like that and I think it's neat Mm -hmm. to sort of explore the other side of that which is like okay family that you don't really have this connection to at all um sort of turns it on on its head for sure yeah and that's one of the reasons actually why I, I started this, the Elemental Kingdom series was because I love um, ensemble casts. Mm-hmm. And because a lot of times with ensemble casts, you have that element of like, this is my chosen family. These are the people that I never want to be parted from. And they're not related to me, you know? Right. And that's, that's something that I, you know, it's... <laughs> Not to sound too much like a millennial, but you know, you find your tribe, yeah, um, and that's <laughs> and that's what it is. You know, you're finding your tribe, you're finding your people, the ones that make you feel like you really belong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you you obviously have these these themes of of family and mental illness, trauma, um, and mm-hmm. sort of the, the the human experience throughout your your two series, but. Um, how are they they different? Because obviously, you know, elemental magic is often a little different from um, more like dragon magic and and, and whatnot. Um, so did did you use completely different magic systems between the two series, or are are they similar? Um, they are very different. Um, the Valdir Chronicles is almost what I would call uh, kind of lower fantasy. There there are dragons, so that's obviously mm-hmm. a very high fantasy thing. But there's no there's no real magic. Um, I do talk okay. about something in the books called called the deep magic, which is really mm-hmm. just like the magic that runs through the earth. It's more of an energy. It's not like mana. Y- yeah, exactly. It's not specifically supernatural. Um, it's not Got this you. you know crazy thing that that people can manipulate and use. It just it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, there's no other magic in that series. Uh, beyond the dragons (laughs) Mm -hmm. them existing and them being you know uh (laughs) sentient beings um but uh the element and then 
the Elemental Kingdoms series is, I mean, the, their entire world is built around the fact that people have magic. There are mm-hmm. certain cities where, you know, they have advanced technology because of the magic. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it, they're different. <laughs> they're definitely yeah. different. Um, That's funny. And it's, it's been fun to write the two. I bet I so my my fantasy series is um, sort of a lower fantasy as well. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's like gods and the creatures that created them, and you know these phenomenal cosmic powers. But very mm-hmm. few people have have magic. Like it's it's pretty much unless yeah. if you are non-human, you you don't have magic. Oh, yeah. And I've been sort of itching to write. Um, a series or at least a book with with all of the magic because because i didn't do that before yeah. and um you know like yeah just sort of no no holds barred kind of thing um and yeah and i'm like one of my my super secret projects that i haven't really talked about much is uh is definitely dabbling <laughs> you're in that, gonna so. talk about it now <laughs> yes yes <laughs> um but yeah that's that, that's really fun i think it's really good to be able to kind of stretch your creative legs that way um mm-hmm. Because, I mean, maybe all genres, but I think especially fantasy and sci-fi and more speculative genres, they have such a huge range of things you can do with them. And, you know, whether you want it large scope, small scope, you know. And it really lends itself to, like, kind of getting in the sandbox and throwing stuff around. Yeah. That's that's been something that's interesting, actually, between... Since I have mostly written um, lower fantasy... Mm-hmm. pretty much throughout my entire writing career this is the first time that I've really delved into you know a magic system and oh my gosh so much world building but <laughs> uh, <laughs> since I started this book one was very magic heavy mainly mm-hmm. because my characters end up going to um, a university where they teach you how to use your magic Oh, okay. um, and so there's there's a lot of you're learning the principles of magic along with the characters like the characters are pretty yeah they have magic but do they know anything about it other than the fact that they have it no because they <laughs> haven't been trained right. you know and so you're as the reader you're learning along with them which is kind of fun um, but then mm-hmm. I wrote the second book in the series and I get like halfway through I'm like oh wait literally there's only been twice that people have used magic in the first 40,000 words. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, book two has way less magic. And it wasn't like a conscious, like, yeah, we're just not going to use magic. I think that that, mm-hmm. that like, desire to, to write the lower fantasy just kind of came out a little bit. So <laughs> in the editing phase, I'm going to go back and I'm going to add in some scenes where magic is necessary because it's cool. I have a pretty yeah. cool, unique magic system that's based on um, blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's why I called them of the blood, you know, because they have the blood, right. they have magical blood. Um, and so it's kind of a a blood and elemental magic combination, and it's kind of fun. So I'm definitely going to have to add some more. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a, it's been an adventure to write something with so much magic. Mm-hmm. It's funny you find yourself not writing these these magic scenes because we've 
my husband didn't read or watch Harry Potter ever, and um, we've been going through the movies. I know. Well, it, it's kind of wonderful because we've, we're watching them together now, and he's really like engaged and enjoying a lot of it because it's it's new to him. But there's definitely scenes uh-huh. where he's like, "Use your wand. Why are you using your wand?" Right? <laughs> like like right? your your characters are doing the same thing. Like, why are you letting us use our magic? Come on. Well, I have I have my developmental editors are doing the same thing. They're like messaging me and they're like, "Wait." they're in this situation why don't they just do this and I'm like oh (laughs) dang it okay I have to come up with a reason why they can't because if they do that ruins the whole scene so now I gotta go back and like build in some sort of reason why they can't just like you know do x y and z to use their magic to get out of the situation (laughs) you know it's like the whole I'm sitting here like no the whole point is I'm stacking the odds against my characters I'm making it harder so if they have magic that they can just get out of any situation, then that just ruins, that defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard too, though, because like I, I've had to go back and I have like all these little notes when I think of them about like, oh crap, you know, you you hinted at this this thing or this artifact or this map mm-hmm. or this person knows this thing, and yep. it's like, and that never you never did anything with that, and people are gonna wonder right? why. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's the beauty of developmental edits is people can go right. back through your stuff and be like, wait a second, you, you, because I mean, as, as the author, you have, I have everything in my head, mm-hmm. I have every detail. And so sometimes when I'm rereading my work, I don't catch those things because the right. details are in my head. And so my brain kind of fills in the blank. If there's a plot mm-hmm. hole, my brain's like, oh yeah, that's because of this. And the reader's like, what? You know, so <laughs> um, that's why I come again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's why I love my my developmental editors because they can just be like, no, no, this doesn't make any sense. You have to add in, <laughs> you know, X, Y, and Z for this to make sense. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for for editors and beta readers and Seriously. just other people keeping us in line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Before we started the podcast, um, you and I were talking a little bit about audiobooks and just reading in, in general. What have you been reading lately that you've really enjoyed? Wait, I have to tell this is exciting. Okay. Born of Air is getting an audiobook and it's currently in production. Yay! That's so exciting. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in the exact same boat because I've, I've been listening to the um, audio proof of smoke and rain which is the first in in my fantasy series and um it's it is so incredible to listen to someone else tell you your own story but it's very different yeah it's completely different if I read my own stuff like this this is gonna sound really terrible (laughs) I get bored of my own stuff because I know the story already you know the story (laughs) well and and you know the inflection right but when you hear somebody bring it up like yeah and now somebody else is bringing your entire story to life. And oh my gosh, like. And the accents. It's, yeah, it's completely different. <laughs> so what was the question again? No. <laughs> <laughs> what books have you been reading or listening to um, lately that, that you've really enjoyed? Give us some recommendations. <laughs> um, I am currently super obsessed with um, Jay Kristoff's uh, Nevernight series. And I'm oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Kind of slowly plotting through the second book, and part of it is because, like you and I have, we're talking about before. Like I don't have time <laughs> mm-hmm. to really 
dedicate a lot of time to reading or even audiobooks. So audiobooks are just something that I do when I'm like in the car driving home from work. Um, and so it's taking me a really long time. It's taking me, I think, three months to get through the second book in the series. But it is so well written. So well, well written. It's beautiful. It's a lot of, I mean, it's not, it's not really YA friendly if the reader is under 18. Gotcha. But it's great for anybody else who reads YA and doesn't mind quite a lot of cussing and um, a little bit of sex and mm-hmm. a lot of blood. And I kind of love <laughs> all, those, all of all those things. things. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I definitely enjoy slower, slower burns um, when it comes to world building and, and also just like mm-hmm. narrative stuff. I, I like to slowly ease into the world and discover it and all of its intricacies um, sort of at, at my own pace. And, mm-hmm. and I definitely like, I can't, I can't remember the title of the book now, uh, but there was a book that it took me like two years to read. And it wasn't because it was yeah. like poorly written or, or anything. It was just like, I needed to, to really sit with the world because it was a very subtle um, yes. sort of portal fantasy book. And yeah, it's just, I like that. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, that is kind of a little bit what I'm doing. And it's actually, it's been great because uh, the way that this book, that the Nevernight series is written is with a ton of footnotes um, that that Jay Kristoff has put in there. And uh, I love, I think that when you're reading the book, you get a little bit distracted by these footnotes. They kind of pull you out of the story, but Mm -hmm. in the audible version, the footnotes are kind of seamlessly just put in there. And the narration style because the narrator of the book itself not the not the audible narrator but you know the perspective from which the book is written is written from kind of like a the narrator themselves is their own character and so they will address the audience um kind of separate from the story and that's a lot of what the footnotes are doing and okay. it just it, it's definitely a lot more seamless with the audible version just because you can you're not pulled out of the story every time you read a footnote does that make sense mm-hmm. like the, yeah, yeah. the the narrator who reads the book definitely makes it just kind of flow really well um mm-hmm. and then yeah it is such he he did an unbelievable amount of world building on this story like i would i would akin it to uh you know game of thrones or lord of the rings in terms of world mm-hmm. building um depth how much he's thought through every tiny aspect of this world and i i mean it's it's like your it's it's a combination of your your favorite you know super high intricate fantasy like those mm-hmm. mixed with the the fast paced and the the discover yourself storylines of a YA fantasy. It's this really interesting mix of kind of the two. And I, I'm just, I am thoroughly enjoying it. Well, that's good. Uh, I'll have to add that to my, to my 20 book Goodreads goal <laughs> for, for this year. Yes, yes. So you, you mentioned the next book in the Elemental Kingdom series is coming out June, June 26th. <laughs> my, the the last in, in my fantasy series comes out the, the day afterwards. So Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's gonna be a good weekend. <laughs> um yeah. so 
what else is is next for you? I mean, the the audiobooks honestly is so mm-hmm. basically by the end of of 2020, I plan to have all four books in the Elemental Kingdom series published. Mm-hmm. Um and I plan to have um all four of the Valdir Chronicles published because there's the three main novels and then there's a, a little novella about Kalina's parents. Um, okay. And so I plan to have all of those published on, on audiobook. Nice. And that's, that's the goal. <laughs> but, I mean, that's, then, that's a large goal. <laughs> it is, it is. And I'm a little bit overwhelmed, but the good news about the, about the audiobooks is that, you know, I, I I do work. I I do. I'm I'm not recording. I'm not editing. You know, that's right. mm-hmm. somebody else's job. Um, so right. my job really is just going to be marketing and trying to, you know, find my audience. Um, mm-hmm. I get a little bit of a break until those come out, and I have to hustle. <laughs> um, and <Yeah>. so I, <laughs> I I'm not I'm not super overwhelmed yet by the audiobook part because. Mm-hmm still in production I got I have I have a little time (laughs) the most overwhelming part is um you know unless you're working with a much larger publisher you're you're helping choose or choosing the narrator and that was the most overwhelming part for me yeah (laughs) Yeah. and because I mean there's you you think like oh well you know as long as they have this sort of tone or this you know accent or whatever it'll be fine. And then you get like 40 auditions and they all have that tone and that accent. And you're like, well, <laughs> crap. Yeah. 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 There were a lot, a lot of options to wade through, but it was, mm-hmm. it was fun. It was really yeah. fun. Stressful, <laughs> but mm-hmm. really fun. <laughs> I had, I had a really fun sort of experience. Cause I, I had about, I think 44, 45, um, auditions to to go through and I I very quickly weeded several out and then I you know I had like my top six or top seven or whatever and this was over like a month because you know at the the time we were working and um you know I I had a lot of other stuff I was I was dealing with I had a book launch going on and so you know a, a lot of additions kept kept coming in when I wasn't paying attention and I finally was like yeah probably a day away from like okay I I think I've narrowed it down this is the guy and then this one last narration yeah. squeaked in at the very end and I I just within the first three seconds I'm like oh never mind here he is Perfect. I found him yep. Yep. <laughs> and um and I've just been, been been so lucky but it is such like it's way worse than trying to find a cover designer I think because trying to find someone who sounds like your character yeah. is harder yeah for some reason, <laughs> it's completely different because I mean, when when you're trying to pick a a, a cover designer, they're they you look at their covers and they instantly pop out at you, you know, like right. you you just know based on a two second like assessment whether or not you even like their style, mm-hmm. you know, or or whether they are, yeah, whether they have the skills to mm-hmm. to do what you want that's a really fast, quick thing. And you can weed out a lot of designers really fast that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you still have to be like, Oh no, now which one of my top five do I pick? But, right. but, but it, it's still, you can weed out a lot of that really fast. But when it comes to audiobooks, 
yeah, you have to, you'll, like you said, you get 10 people who sound like your character or who are, mm-hmm. who sound close enough to what your character right. needs to sound like. And then you have to be like, okay, but which one is just right? Which one has mm-hmm. just the perfect amount of, you know, whatever, skill, pitch, intonation, uh, variability, like <laughs> what, whatever it is that you're looking for, who can, who can voice all the characters, you know, in a believable way, who, yeah, it's just, it, yeah. There's, there's a lot more, it's a lot more in depth of a process to choose a narrator than it is to choose a designer. Well, I think also like with, with cover design, you know, what you get on your cover is just a very quick snapshot of a scene. Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if, if it's an actual scene from your book, if, you know, it's not like a, a stylized yeah. illustration or whatever. And yeah, with, or symbols, because I tend to right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And and so unless if, you know, it's, you know, a symbol is simple, if it's just this little snapshot, it's fine. But you have to get someone who fits the entire mood of your whole book and how it changes, yeah. as opposed to, you know, just this one cataclysmic battle or this one, you know, inspiring um, sigil or whatever. So where can people find you? Obviously, all my books are on Amazon. Um, and they're on, they're all on Kindle Unlimited as well. Okay. Um, and you can find me mostly on Facebook. Um, I think that's, you know, that, that kind of tells you how old I am. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely, uh, you know, in the, in the mid of the pack for millennials. It's okay. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Instagram. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm on Goodreads and BookBub and you know, stuff like that. But right. I've got my, my Facebook page um, for Aria Lewis, but I also have a, uh, a private fan group as well. And I love to be able to interact with my fans and like, I, I post snippets and I'll post, um, I'll post stuff there first before I post it anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they, they get kind of that sneak peek earlier than everybody else of like my book covers and, you know, whatever else is going on. Um, and I am also on, uh, Patreon as well. Oh yeah. And have some fun goodies on there. I love the idea of Patreon, but I don't, I've had a hard time figuring out how to leverage it as an author, um, partially because I'm a really slow writer. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I I don't have those little snippets or whatever, a friend of mine is was on there and she was like, I really think that, you know, you would, you would enjoy this. I think that it would, um, you know, help not just up your readership, but also kind of help fun stuff. You know, that's the whole point is, is mm-hmm. as when you're a, a Patreon patron, you can, you pay me to give you an inside look, you know, I, I, I give things to my, my Patreon people more than anybody else you know they Mm -hmm. they get they get to actually participate in helping me write my novel they'll help me pick character names they'll help me you know pick the next book that I'm gonna read they'll help me um name things like I have a rebellion in my in my elemental kingdom series and they helped me name it Um, that's cool you know and they they'll get um they get to see short stories and chapters that nobody else gets to see. Mm-hmm. Um, they get, if depending on the tier that you're on, um, you know, they'll get, they'll get blog posts that I don't post anywhere else. 
um, or they will get photos that I don't post anywhere else or you are on the higher tiers, then, you know, you would get to be a character in one of my books. Yes. Like I, I, try I to, <laughs> try to give cool stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I did that. Um, when I have launches and now it's just for, for my arc readers. Um, but I would give away like a chance to get written in as a character. And, um, in my That's fantasy cool series, yeah. the, the character Hylier was, um, an old actually an old friend from high school and he uh-huh. happened to be like a fantasy fan so so he ended up winning that and it was so much fun like it was just like a quick interview um yeah but his character ended up being really interesting and um sort of integral to some of the subplots which which was fun so i have um i have sometimes my my characters will read books um if if like in in my sci-fi series which is set in this world um the characters will read books by my author friends and um mm-hmm. and that's that's kind of a fun fun homage too so <laughs> yeah exactly it's fun to put little I, I guess you'd call them easter eggs in there you know right yeah but thank you so much for joining me again <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's been it's been fun I think that it's interesting because I, I I don't remember all the details of our of our last interview but I remember enough of them and I feel like this interview went a different direction and that's not a bad thing at it all. Did. <laughs> it's just interesting how it like, I almost feel like this one is a little bit more lighthearted. I think last time we focused a lot on the mental health stuff. That That's what we lost um, in the audio yeah, recording. Yeah. And so I listened to the yeah. first half. I'm like, okay, well, those are like the really basic questions that I know I'll be able to remember to ask again. And yeah. Um, so I just figured, like, you know what? We're just going to throw everything out. We're going to dive in yeah. differently. Um, and, but... and, you know, I think it works because right right now I think about, like, when we did that interview, it was before the pandemic. Right, and, right. And right now, as as much as obviously mental health is important in the middle of a pandemic, I also think that um, maybe being a little bit more lighthearted mm-hmm. is, yeah, for sure. is a good thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I had, I had a lot of really big, like serious, heavy hitting, um, interviews like in January and December. And mm-hmm. part of that was cause my, my dad died in October. So like I was asking these really deep questions and yeah. cause that's like where I was. Um, yeah. and then like, like not, not in like a necessarily depressing way, but just like, you know, heavy. Yeah. And, um, yeah. now it's like, I can't, like, I can't anymore with that right now <laughs> like, there's too yeah. much of it around there's too much exactly yeah no I'm happy to talk about yeah. the lighthearted about audiobooks and what we're reading I'm yeah I'm happy to do all of that that that's what I need yes. that's what my soul needs right now well good <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again for for joining me and um I'll definitely have to both check out your books and your book recommendations so this has been the Amphibian Press Podcast. I'm V.S. Holmes, and with me today was R.A. Lewis. Thank you so much for listening.